In the previous episode, we talked about the German language and the LGBTIQ community. In that episode, we mentioned some ways that people can use the German language in a gender-neutral way, and how there is no real fully established set of pronouns that can compare to the singular they in English. Setting up a new gender-neutral grammatical system in German is a big job. It's not just about coming up with a new pronoun. You have to consider the four cases in German, and the fact that grammatical gender is entwined into so many parts of speech, so you have to create new forms for a lot of existing words. As daunting as this task may be, it can be considered a necessity for people who would otherwise remain unseen in language. In this episode, I'll be talking to two people who have taken it upon themselves to create a whole new grammatical system for German, which allows people to talk about others in a gender-neutral way. So let's dive in. Let's crack on with the show. This is Yellow of the Egg, the podcast where we ask holes into the belly of the German language. I'm Luke Green, and this is Series 2, Episode 2, The Nornar System. system is a grammatical system we too developed because we saw there was a need for it. <laughs> it helps people to speak German or to write German in a gender neutral way. The idea was that there is a need in German to find a way to, to express yourself in a gender neutral way as there is no general way to do that other than in English, for example, where you have they, them, which is a lot easier. And I wish we had that in German too, but we don't. <laughs> and yeah, our system is basically a proposal to do exactly that, to, to express yourself in a general neutral way in German. I'm Noah, I'm 28 years old. I work as a teacher for kids with special needs. I also study Scandinavian studies at a university in Vienna. I'm Jona, I'm 26 and I'm an actor but also studying international development. Maybe maybe gender is relevant in this case as well. So I'm non-binary or also a gender. So I don't have a feeling for what, what it means to, to have a gender. Jona Moro and Noah Frank are both non-binary and have come up with their own grammatical system, which allows people to be more gender-neutral when speaking German. German is a very, very gendered language. It's a lot harder than in English, and you need a lot more forms and grammatical rules to do that. And for us, it was important to develop something we feel comfortable with, because we didn't feel represented in the German language, so we, we had the need to do something, yeah. As we talked about in the previous episode, English has the wonderful pronoun they, which is used all the time to refer to people without mentioning their gender. Maybe because we don't know their gender, it's not important to the context, or because the person in question identifies as neither male nor female. German doesn't have its own they, 
which can make talking about non-binary people a little trickier. Nearly all the time it was one of the first questions, at least I was asked when I came out as non-binary to people, that they just asked, yeah, how should I talk about you then? <laughs> because in German, er and sie is very present and there is not a lot of alternatives that, that people know of, actually, or none that people know of. <laughs> so we, we had to deal with that question from the very beginning. And we tried to find uh, at first a pronoun that, that fits. We, we googled, we searched through the internet, through various websites and didn't really find something we felt comfortable with. So we had to find our own way to do it. <laughs> Because there are neo pronouns in German, actually quite a lot of yes. uh, proposals but they they just didn't feel right for us. Yeah, and the pronoun is something very personal, so it, it has to fit, you, know, you have to feel good with it. And we had the chance to, to choose or to to make something new, and we, we took the chance and did it. And we are quite happy with the pronouns we have now. It's taken a couple of years to get to this point, though. It was about two years ago, I think, when we mm -hmm. met. For the first time, it was some kind of a peer group meeting for trans people, and yeah, we met there. And yeah, after that, we stayed in contact via WhatsApp, and we we're just writing back and forth. And someday we started writing about pronouns, and I said, yeah, I hate to think about it, and it's just yeah, I I don't have any anything to to use for myself. And Jona wrote back, yeah, it's the same for them, and. So we decided to meet and have a, a real discussion about the pronouns and how to do and maybe yeah to develop uh, some for us. And we did that and yeah after that we, we started trying how it felt to use them. But I at first actually didn't think that we we would uh, have to develop something. I thought we we would yes, find I something. Yes, I did. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> Then we had the pronouns and we thought they were good and yeah, we were quite happy with them. And after that, yeah, we found out okay, German is so complicated. <laughs> We need more, <laughs> more grammatical forms. We need articles. We need, yeah, forms for the adjectives. We need for, uh, something for the nouns. And so, we met again and again and again and developed all the stuff. And yeah, after some time and many many hours of work, we realized we had nearly a whole system of <laughs> gender-neutral language for German and. Yeah, we decided it would be would be a good idea to make it public and to yeah have a website to give other people the possibility to, to see it and to find it and maybe use it if they can and if they want. The development of this system went from being something to address a problem Jorna and Noah were experiencing themselves to a potential resource for other people. Well, the original idea or, or the start of it was, as I said before, that uh, we find something we feel comfortable with. But what we soon realized was that there might be other people as well who, who are struggling with similar problems or questions. 
And so we thought, okay, why not make it public and, and make a website so that everyone can reach it and access it and maybe just take a few things out of it or take the whole system. We just want to support people who might need it. Their website is geschlechtsneutralesdeutsch.com. I'll link to it in the show notes and on the podcast website. What I like about the website is when I come out to people as non-binary and I tell them, yeah, please use these pronouns and these forms and so on, they just looking at, yeah, okay, but um, how does it work? I don't know. And so I can just send them a link and uh, yeah, have a look at the website. And if you have any more questions, come back and ask me. But it's so much easier than explaining again and again to, to people. So I just have the link and it works out quite well. So. Mm. And I also feel like it takes some pressure off people because they can look at it in quiet and how, how long they want and they just yeah can think about it themselves and then come back with with questions if they have have some but um yeah takes out some of the pressure of doing the right thing and saying the right words and yeah i can imagine that if someone receives a link to a website containing a bunch of new and different pronouns and inflections and grammar rules, it might be a bit daunting. And there could be some resistance or feelings of being overwhelmed. The first reactions mostly are, oh my god, grammar, I don't understand anything about grammar. It's too difficult for me. I don't even understand the normal German grammar. So uh, I don't know if I can learn it. So that's mostly the first reaction we get from people. I understand that. I know grammar is n not something very, very easy for many people, but I think it makes it easier for, for them if they can have a look at the website and take their time and uh, learn it. And But yeah, it takes time. We can say <laughs> it takes time. And I'm not sure all the time if people do want to take the time to look at it really for a long and period of time and really want to learn it or sometimes it feels like as if the using the binary pronouns that are already existing is easier and people are also very afraid of making mistakes i really would like to tell them it's not not a problem if they make mistakes it's all it's the same for me when i when i'm learning a language I'm also afraid of, of making mistakes, of course, and it's the same with um, our pronouns and our grammar. So really there's no need to worry about mistakes. Yeah. You just learn it by, by making mistakes and that's okay. And just ask if you, if you have any questions. Yeah, it's a matter of trying and not mm. uh, making it right in the first moment. And it's important to note too that the Nornar system is by no means an attempt to change the existing grammar of German or to replace the pronouns that already exist. Yes, that's very important because of course we need the other pronouns too. There are many people who use it, we, we wouldn't erase them, that wouldn't be a good idea. But we're just adding our pronouns for, for those who don't want to use the binary pronouns. So let's get into the Nonar system itself. Before we dive into what it actually looks like, where does the name Nonar come from? 
there are two explanations for the name. <laughs> the first one is, yeah, we, we put together our two names. So the first part, No, is the first two letters of my name, Noah, and the third and fourth letters are from Jonah's name, so Nona. And the second explanation is about um, what it means in Austrian dialect, actually. So there's a saying, Nona. Well, it's kind of complicated also to explain it in, in high German, actually, because <laughs> yes. it, there is no real translation even to high German, but it means something like, you can say Nona if something is, yeah, clear anyways. So it's like, if I tell you I'm a person, you can say Nona. Yeah, of, of course, of course, of course yeah. you're a person. But it's, yeah, kind of hard to, to explain or to translate, actually. You have to feel it. <laughs> you could say it's similar to the German word E, where in English you might say something like, well, duh. Although Nona doesn't have to be quite as rude. So if someone says something that's obvious, you can say E, or some people might say Nona. And there's also a longer version of it. You can also say Nanona Nate. <laughs> to make it easier to explain, we can add this. <laughs> you probably won't hear this expression a lot if you're surrounded by standard German, though. I think it's more common in rural areas or like areas where you hear more dialect than in Vienna. But also all the people in Vienna who still speak dialect. So you can also hear it in Vienna, but not the, the young people actually. It's quite nice that Nona on the one hand is made up of Noah's and Jonah's names, but on the other hand has this meaning of something being obvious or clear. For me, it's like expressing that it should go without saying that non-binary people are represented in language too, even if that's not the case yet. So let's get into the nitty-gritty of the Nona system and what it looks like. Perhaps the most important pronoun to come up with in this context is an equivalent of they, so a personal pronoun as an alternative to the er, sie binary. So we have the pronouns in German er for he and sie for she, and in the Nona system we have the pronoun hen, which is the gender-neutral pronoun. So to say they are hungry with they referring to a single person, this would be hen hat hunger. But of course it's not as simple as just coming up with one new word. German has to make it more complicated. So you have four cases in German, and for us it was important to, to have cases also for, for the pronouns and for the other forms too. So the second case is hence, then we have the S. Um, the third case is hem, because the M is uh, yeah, quite common in the third case in German. And yeah, the, the fourth case is the same as the first. So it's again, hen. Hen, hence, hem, hen. Maybe I can give an um, yeah, example sentence to make it a bit more clear. <laughs> so if I want to say, I'm meeting with Jona today, I could say, ich treffe heute Jona or ich treffe Jona heute. Or, ich treffe heute hen, instead of Jona. And if I would meet someone else, which is, uh, I don't know, a boy, I would say, ich treffe ihn. Or if I would meet a girl, I would say, ich treffe sie. 
So that's the meaning of, of hen, how to use it. Having a brand new pronoun in hen is important since you can't really follow the English pattern of using the third person plural. It's okay for they to have a secondary singular meaning, but as we mentioned in the previous episode, the third person plural si already has the secondary meaning of being the polite form of address. Yeah, and also like this she is also the, the singular she, so it's it's getting really messy and complicated. Yeah, yeah. and it sounds sounds very feminine too because of that and uh, yeah. it wouldn't wouldn't feel good. So where did hen come from? The hen it already exists in Swedish as a as a gender neutral pronoun actually and I knew that because I I study Swedish or Scandinavian studies with Swedish as my first language there. And we we had the two pronouns er and si and they don't they don't have much in common. Yeah, they don't have much in common. So we could take anything we wanted, we, we realized. And we liked the sound of hen, we liked how it looked. It was a short word and it had only one syllable like the other two ones so yeah and we could easily put it in in other cases that that worked too and actually we came across hen before in in our research yes but it was flexed differently mm -hmm. or not at all i'm not sure i think not at all yeah and so we we liked the idea of hen but uh, adapted it for for our purposes then so we have hen for nominative hens for genitive, hem for dative, and hen again for accusative. The pattern of having the same form for both the nominative and the accusative goes along with what happens a lot in standard German anyway. For instance, s is both nominative and accusative, d and das are both nominative and accusative, and so on. And any way of making German grammar simpler has to be welcomed. This pattern is carried over into the definite articles too. Again, English is great here, we just have the, no genders. Jona and Noah had to find a way to get around the der, die and das. We had quite a long discussion about that. It was not easy to find <laughs> forms no. for der, die, das, neutral form. And our, our article is die, so it's written D-A-I. Die and in the four cases, die, dies, dam, die. So very similar to, to hen. Yes. And why did we take it? Yeah, we, we had a lot of thinking, a lot of yeah, experiment, experimenting with letters and yeah. Basically, the first letter was pretty clear. Yes. We wanted also to have a D, so because all the, the other three articles, uh, definite articles in German, uh, start with a D, so that was kind of. Uh, a logical thing to do. And it should be three letters. To match the existing definite articles. And after D, there, you don't have many options in German then to, to, <laughs> to, use, some, uh, to use some vocal. And so we tried <laughs> which one would fit and also then just went, went through a list of, yeah, of letters. Yeah. <laughs> went through the alphabet over and yeah. over again and tried different combinations. And uh, in the end, we, we had some options and this was the most practical one, I think. One issue that came up in the process of developing these articles was the fact that the people who were going to be using this system weren't necessarily going to be speaking standard German. 
there are going to be people who speak a dialect. It was important for us that people who speak dialect, and there are many people in Austria who speak dialect, they should also be able to use it and in a way that feels good for them. And Jonas speaks also dialect, so it was very important to have this in mind. Yeah, yeah, that's also kind of uh, one one problem we we came across with other suggestions for articles in German because D is a very common suggestion, I think. Yeah, written D E, you mean or D E Y? D E D E Y or yeah. D E E even? Ah, yeah. yeah. And the problem with that is that it's very common in in dialect to to use it, but to use it for feminine people. And also for plural, so it's basically the same as C, but in dialect. Uh, so, so yeah, those are the problems then uh, <laughs> we also came across and had to find something that doesn't already have some connotation with uh, in a dialect. Anyone who has learned German or has started learning German will know that there is quite a difference between the inflections of the definite articles and those of the indefinite articles. Again, English makes it nice and simple with the indefinite article a, the only change being to an before vowels. But that has nothing to do with gender. In standard German, we have ein and eine. And then, of course, all of the inflections, einer, einem, eines, and so on. So what is the indefinite article in the Nonar system? It's eint, with a t at the end. And how would this be inflected? The inflection of eint is eint, einte, einten, eint. So we have the M again in the third case, but for the second case we chose einte because the M in this case is very masculine aligned, so we tried to use a feminine aligned ending for the second one. After an article, there's usually a noun. And because German is German, a lot of the nouns are also explicitly marked for gender especially those referring to people. Think of Kellner, Kellnerin. In the Nonar system, you would usually use an asterisk before the feminine ending in, as has become commonplace in contexts such as university. This asterisk is often referred to in German as the Gendersternchen. It's pronounced with a short pause, for example, Arbeiterin, and it includes all genders, so you don't have to say Arbeiter, Arbeiterin and Arbeiterin, but Arbeiterin is for everyone, so it's also good to have a short form, a short version of it. And I think it's it's easy to pronounce, it's easy to write. There are many people who don't like the star. We have uh, another possibility to use the it's a point or a little dot in the middle of the line. I don't know. In German, it's called Mittelpunkt. It can be used instead of the gender Sternchen or asterisk. And we also thought like the asterisk is quite common in German. So the idea was also to make it as accessible as possible to, to people and as easy to learn as possible. So to use what is already there seemed useful. Sometimes in addition to an article and a noun, you might also have an adjective, which in German has to be inflected according to the type of article, the case, and, you guessed it, the gender. The Nonar system offers a relatively simple solution to this, though. 
we thought about that a lot (laughs) (laughs) and our solution now is to take the so-called feminine form in the middle so and gute Mitarbeiterin for example because you already have the clear signs of gender neutrality in the beginning and the end so it's the, the easiest way to do it to not have another ending uh, in the middle which you have to think about on their website Jona and Noah suggest gender neutral forms of many other kinds of pronouns determiners and other parts of speech for example as an alternative for jeder and jede they suggest jede using their definite article similarly for dieser and diese they have diese and for jena and jene they have jene and so on so far all this sounds quite theoretical let's hear how this would all sound in practice see if you can pick out some of the new forms we've heard so uh, we have an example for an email which someone writes to their colleagues and it would sound like this liebe kolleginnen ich möchte euch bitten ab sofort in eurer mündlichen und schriftlichen sprache geschlechtsneutrales deutsch nach dem nonarsystem zu verwenden Nächste Woche findet dazu außerdem ein Vortrag, gehalten von einem Vorgesetzten von uns, da er ein Expertin auf dem Gebiet ist, statt. Wenn ein von euch Fragen hat, kann Hen sich gern bei mir melden. Ich nehme mir für jede Zeit. Maybe you could hear einem, eint, jedei, and some glottal stops in the nouns before the in endings. A bit of everything in there. Yeah, that's also the idea with our examples on the website. We have short examples after every grammatical form, but then we also have a few examples which combine those to to get a feeling for what it means to to write or read or speak in in Nona system. Now the system that Jona and Noah have come up with is not a finished product. Rather, it's continually being worked on. And there are some areas in the German language that are extremely difficult to make gender neutral. Take the example of du arme. Well, it's kind of hard to to explain in English actually, because there's you don't have that in English. In English you can say, I don't know, you're a poor person for example, but you can also in German you can also just say they're poor but as a noun. So arme, arme, something like that. In English, we might say something like, you poor thing. In German, they drop the thing and just make a noun out of poor. It's very difficult to find uh, the right ending here because it's again different from what you can do with normal nouns, I would say. It doesn't work in this case. And so we, we have to find something else and we didn't quite come up with something we are, we are happy with. And it's also hard because you don't use that that much, so you can't try very, very well. It's when you directly address a person. So, for example, if you tell me, oh, I'm really feeling sick today, I would say, oh, du arme. With the masculine ending, er. And if you were a woman, I would say, du arme. With the feminine ending, e. And there's no no gender neutral form for that. That would be cool to to find. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting because yeah, we we come across new questions <laughs> also when yeah talking to to p 
people to friends or something who, who then ask us, and how do I say this? And how do I say that? And we're like, oh, sheesh, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> we didn't come up with some something for that. And yeah, then we add it to our list and we, <laughs> we work on it. Of course, there is the new to gender in German. So in addition to du arme and du arme, there is du armes. It's fine as an adjective in phrases like du armes Kind. But does it work on its own? Du armes. In this case, some people would say it, even for people on the binary. <laughs> but only if you're close to them, right? Yes, yes. But in other cases, uh, I would never use the neuter form for people because for me it makes me feel like a not, not a human, but a thing, yeah. I think it's the same in English, actually. Sometimes I think it would be easier if we just got rid of all the endings in German. No more inflections, I say. While in practice this simply wouldn't work in most contexts, there are some situations where you could just lop off the ending. If you have to address somebody uh, in an email or also in, in personal conversations, if you if you will, it's, it's not that easy again because you have Liebe or, or Lieber. And it doesn't really work to use the asterisk there in, in the common way, like to do it between the, the E and the R. So uh, we decided to just get rid of the ending, <laughs> basically, and just take leap and then the asterisk, which works pretty well, actually. I think that's one of the, the easiest things to, for people to, to learn it. And yeah, it's it's also used very, very often, actually. And it's the same with sehr geehrt, which would be the, the formal version. There are other ways of starting an email or a conversation which get around this issue altogether. I like guten Tag. I like if someone writes sehr geehrte Person and my family name, so that's fine. Or if someone writes guten Tag and then first name, second name, also fine. Yeah, I think it also depends on your relationship to the person. Putting together a whole new system of grammar is a huge undertaking. Now that it's reached a point where there is enough information to implement in speaking and writing, and since it's now available online, who is actually using it at the moment? Well, we are. <laughs> and um, people around us, hopefully. <laughs> But they know at least about the system and yeah, they try. Yeah, but we also get at least some emails from other people we don't, we don't know uh, who came across the website in one or the other way and who began to use it, which we're really happy about mm. because we have the feeling it, it made sense to put it out there. And what about moving forward? What's the hope for the Nonar system, or generally gender-neutral language in German? I'm not sure how much you can hope for <laughs> within the next five years, for example, because in Austria, generally, everything takes very much time to change. Uh, people don't like adjustments and change. So I think it's already a progress to, to see people use it if they refer to non-binary people. That's already big, big progress, I think. 
and also if people at least know some way to express themselves in a gender neutral way it doesn't have to be non-system it can also be a different form but like to at least have some words for it because otherwise if we don't exist in language we we don't exist at all basically because how should society talk about us <laughs> so-called us if we don't have the words for it so that would be awesome already and of course in a utopian world we we would also replace the generic masculinum for example but i don't think that's gonna happen soon or maybe not at all i don't know the generic masculine is when we use a masculine form to refer to all people so for instance using burger for citizens even though it's just a masculine noun depending on the institution some places do opt for a gender neutral or a gender inclusive form but still a lot of contexts use the generic masculine some of these contexts are starting to move away from simply using the masculine gender to refer to everyone yeah i think it kind of already is happening but it's shifting to binary forms then so in legal texts or at least in like if politicians officially address the population they usually use binary <laughs> expressions now which is already more than like i don't know 5 or 10 years ago so it's already progressed but yeah we're still still not represented in that so there is still some way to go that would be actually so much shorter if you would say liebe österreicherinnen instead of liebe österreicherinnen und österreicher and also like in a legal way we already already <laughs> have uh, a third gender at least for at least intersex people can yeah maybe just take it is is too too easily said but you can get the third gender option uh, as an intersex person but there is still no general way in legal forms to address this part of the population which is kind of weird because now the state is saying okay you exist but we still don't know how to address you we still don't have no way to to talk to you or to talk about you and there are still many many uh, also legal forms where you only have the options to choose male and female although you you actually are obliged to have all six options now we heard about these six options in the previous episode männlich weiblich divers inter offen and kein eintrag but as jona said there are still so many places and forms to fill out where the only two options are male and female and all the while this continues this way and all the while he she and it are the only grammatical options anyone outside of the binary is still comparatively invisible it makes me feel excluded it makes me feel as if i'm not part of the society that is addressed yeah not seen non-existent in some cases depends on the topic or, or the person but yeah it's it's really weird because we are part of society that's just a fact if you like it or not but we are <laughs> Most of us are used to using the binary he she er sie when speaking and referring to people. And even when people have the best intentions, it can be easy to slip back into using the binary even when you're trying to avoid it. 
when binary forms are used for non-binary people, or if people generally use the wrong pronouns, it can often be a stressful and awkward situation for the people being misgendered. Do you correct the person you're talking to? Do you make a big thing out of it? Or do you just leave it and try to ignore it? Really depends on the person. Um, I feel more comfortable with correcting persons or other people when they're talking about, for example, Jona. <laughs> so I, when they use a wrong pronoun for Jona, it's easier for me to correct them. Uh, but when they're talking about me, I, yeah, it really t- depends on, on, the, on the person. Sometimes I do correct them, sometimes uh, often I don't. Yeah, it's very easy to feel kind of selfish or self-centered. Like you, you always have to draw attention to yourself and your pronouns, and it's it's easy to feel like a special snowflake or something like that, and that's not a very good feeling most of the time. <laughs> but also, I think, at least for me, the more I care about people, the more I I will correct them because I I have the feeling okay, it's worth it, it's worth my my energy, and I can invest myself in it. But if I know, okay, there's not much attachment or or also if I get the feeling they, they don't really try, then I will soon stop to correct them because I have the feeling it doesn't make sense anyway. But the main point here is not that there's this expectation to get it right the first time. The reality is that most of us have grown up with a language system that splits the world into male and female. And this binary is ingrained into us, whether we like it or not. It's not about being perfect, but it's about trying. I don't have a problem with people making mistakes. I really appreciate it when they try and I can I can help. I am happy to answer questions all the time. They can write, they can look at the website. Maybe in, in some weeks we will have some, some exercises and quizzes online to learn, or to make it easier to learn the Nuna system. And yeah, it's just just good if people try. And yeah. uh, I'm happy with that. And don't be afraid of making mistakes. Just talk and just write. It's it's okay. And you, you will go on and learn. Yeah. Trying is a matter of respect, but not getting it right. When people learn German, they learn the standard German grammatical system with the three genders, masculine, feminine and neuter. It's not usually high on the priority list to learn ways in which to talk about people who are non-binary or agender, for instance. The question is, wouldn't it be good for learners to get used to systems such as the Nonar system, or at least to more gender-neutral ways of speaking, so that it's less of a challenge for them later down the line? Realistically, I think you have to differentiate between people who are kind of... who have at least some strings to, like queer people or have have a need to express themselves in a gender neutral way because in general society in German you don't need it um, because everyone is just doing gendering binary in a binary way uh, which is sad and uh, I'm not happy with it but that's I think that's still reality we also have to face (laughs) and of course I would wish for German learners to still uh, already learn it from the beginning, but German is very complicated and I get that it's not the the highest priority if you learn it from the start. Unfortunately, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if 
you're interested, you can find something and you can have people to ask and there are possibilities and luckily we have the internet and <laughs> many possibilities to, to learn it and to, to get information. And thanks to Jorna and Noah and their website, we're lucky enough to have one more resource that people can refer to and one more set of options for non-binary people who do not feel represented in the German language at the moment. Again, it's important to remember that systems like this one are not trying to replace the current system, rather to complement it and add alternatives for people for whom the existing system is insufficient. Initiatives such as these are an important step forward towards a society where everyone, not just some people, are seen in language. Thank you so much to Jona Moro and Noah Frank for joining me for this episode. Their website, geschlechtsneutralesdeutsch.com, is linked in the show notes and on the podcast website, yellowoftheegg.com. I'll also put some other links and resources on there too. They also wrote an article about their Nona system in Lambda, the magazine of the Homosexuelle Initiative Wien, or HORSI. All the information on the podcast website. And thank you to you too for listening. The next episode will be out in two weeks. And in the meantime, you can find me on Instagram at Yote Podcast, that's Y-O-T-E Podcast, Facebook at Yellow of the Egg, and you can email me at yellowoftheegg.podcast at gmail.com. You can also support me by leaving a lovely review and a five-star rating, and by telling all your friends, family, and colleagues about the podcast. In return, you'll have my undying gratitude. Thank you so much. So with all that being said, thank you so much for listening. Playing us out this series are Euphonics, this time with Who Am I Supposed To Be? Find them on Spotify, links in the show notes. So enjoy the song, and I'll see you in the next one. Macht's es gut, servus aus Wien. That feel that you gave me is growing and